Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Unsafe Space. You're watching Kofefi Break. It is Friday, June 5th, and I'm your host, Carter Laren. And, oh, Carrie has returned from her quest. Hey, Carrie. Hi, Carter. How are you? Good afternoon. Uh, well, it's afternoon here. I'm well. I'm well. Wait, I'll do the split screen. People like the split screen. I got to move over to the middle of the split screen. There we go. How you been? Uh, good. Yeah, I've been, oh, man, last night I had the very cogent, like, list of things I want to talk about, and I still have the list, but in my mind last night, I was much more articulate than I feel today about it. <laughs> I hate so, when that happens. That happens to me quite a lot, which is why I like writing better, because then I can, like, stew and, and uh, you know, use the right, you know, find the right words and eventually figure it out, but speaking extemporaneously. Not my strong point. But um, as a reminder to people, you can support us by going to subscribestar.com slash unsafespace. You can go to uh, unsafespace.com if you want to get merch, give us lots of Bitcoin, whatever, whatever you want to do. Bitcoin's worthless, so you should just give as may much away as you can to us. Um, uh, and, uh... <laughs> I, I was like, what's your name? <laughs> and uh, I don't know, what else? Uh, oh, you can hit the subscribe button. Um, and we have even if you have in the past, you've probably been unsubscribed. And my friend said they're shadow banning us on YouTube, but I don't know how to like prove that and verify it. But um, he I, was sure it would not surprise me. Um, just to, as a reminder, guys, we have book club coming up on Saturday, June twenty eighth, and we're currently reading um, Ordinary Men. If you guys don't have a copy yet, you can go to the book club book club page on unsafespace.com and follow the link there. Amazon currently has used copies and we have a link to Amazon or you can get it on Audible or Kindle. Kindle um if you have Kindle limited it's free. It's one of the free selections. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. Um I don't know what uh <laughs> we had a good show yesterday with Mikey. For those of you who missed it, we had an impromptu Kofefi break yesterday. So, uh check it out if you missed it. Um Carrie, <laughs> I, I sometimes get concerned that because I, I'm trying to not use the word anarchist, I'm using the word voluntarist, but a lot of people are like, you know, they still think of me as an anarchist or whatever. And I want to make something clear about what I mean when I say that, because the, I've seen the word being used a lot with, uh, in describing protesters who are like burning and looting things and whatever, uh. I believe in that the initiation of the use of force is wrong in all cases, and the only proper, maybe not the only, and maybe maybe if you're clever you could come up with a better way, but a completely appropriate and proper response to the initiation of of the use of force is force. Uh, like, force needs to be met with force. You can't you right. can't have a society in which people initiate the use of force and get away with it. Uh, there is a place for violence in a civilized society, and that place is in response to the initiation of violence. That's what the place is. That's the proper place for violence. Um, and, you know, this, I don't care how pissed you are off at the government. You could be pissed at the government. You could be pissed at the, you know, whatever you think is institutional racism. It doesn't matter what you, you're pissed at. Burning a Starbucks is not appropriate. That is the initiation of the use of force, and that's not your property. Starbucks is not the one oppressing you. 
if you actually have a problem with someone initiating the use of force against you and oppressing you, take your aggression out on them. But burning your town down and beating up other people, there's no justify. I've seen a lot of like, there's no well, sometimes violence is justified no. in a riot. No, it's not. Violence is not justified. It's not justified in your protest. Nothing about your protest justifies violence. Zero. Zero. And by the way, I may be more radical than other people on this. Standing in the middle of the fucking freeway is violence. You are detaining me against my will. I, 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 you cannot detain people against their will. I so, would say that's force. That's not violence. But I know, I know. What sorry, you're I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm conflating force. force and violence. That's the initiation of the use of force. Yes, that's a better way to put it. Yeah. Um. But I, I just. Uh, can I read a? I'm gonna read a. Can I read a quote? I'm gonna yeah. read a quote. I'm pulling up. A <laughs> I'm gonna read a quote from Ayn Rand that my friend Bosch Bosch Faustin, who's been on the show before, uh, uh, shared, and I've had forgotten about this quote. It's long, but I'm gonna read it. It says, "Civil disobedience may be justifiable in some cases when and if an individual disobeys a law in order to bring an issue to court as a test case." Such an action involves respect for legality and a protest directed only at a particular law which the individual seeks an opportunity to prove be unjust. The same is true of a group of individuals when and if the risk involved are their own. But there is no justification in a civilized society for the kind of mass civil disobedience that involves the violation of the rights of others regardless of whether the demonstrator's goal is good or evil. The end does not justify the means. No one's rights can be secured by the violation of the rights of others. Mass disobedience is an assault on the concept of rights. It is a mob's defiance of legality as such. The force the forcible occupation of another man's property or the obstruction of a public thoroughfare is so blatant a violation of rights that an attempt to justify it becomes an abrogation of morality. An individual has no right to do a sit-in in the home or office of a person he disagrees with, and he does not acquire such a right by joining a gang. Rights are not a matter of numbers, and there can be no such thing in law or in morality as actions forbidden to an individual, but permitted to a mob. The only power of a mob as against an individual is greater muscular strength, i.e. plain, brute, physical force. The attempt to solve social problems by means of physical force is what a civilized society is established to prevent. The advocates of mass civil disobedience admit that their purpose is intimidation, a society that tolerates intimidation as a means of settling disputes, the physical intimidation of some men or groups by others, loses its moral right to exist as a social system, and it collapse, its collapse does not take long to follow. Politically, mass civil disobedience is appropriate only as a prelude to civil war, as the declaration of a total break with a country's political institutions. I don't have to say much more about that. I just think it's important to read. It's uh... it's very important. And unfortunately, well, our audience is going to listen to that quote and 
trying to understand what it means. Our audience engages in reason. I'm grateful for our audience every day. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. the people my, In fact, who, my hold up. My daughter this morning at breakfast is like, can we start our own country? Would yes. some people, and since she was asking about like, oh, would people from unsafe space come with, how many people would join from unsafe space? I'm like, I don't know. Yes. Uh-huh. If um, someone wants to buy an island though in the tropics, I'm all down to move there. Unfortunately, the people who need to hear this are not capable of hearing it. They don't have, they have ears, but they don't have ears. They don't have the ears the Bible talks about, you know, like let he who has ears They hear, hear but they don't listen. They don't yeah. listen and they don't engage in reason. And you can see, we've obviously talked a lot about my old belief system and, and a lot of people who support my old belief system are the ones who are out justifying in mainstream press, the looting, the rioting and the violence. And they don't, they don't base their arguments on reason or facts or logic. And in fact, they try and destroy the very concept of reason, the very idea that we can all use the same tools to, that that's the best way to arrive at conclusions is to use reason. They try and destroy that by making it taboo. How, what's the easiest way they make things taboo? They lie and they call everything white supremacy. So they say reason is white supremacy, yes. you know, argumentation. Yeah, logic is, is a tool of the logic patriarchy. Logic is a tool of the patriarchy. Yes. <laughs> it's a tool of the patriarchy. And the, it's the man. No. Um, these people are pushing an evil belief system. And the way that you get people to push that is not based on reason. It's based on emotion. Actually, this is so interesting because this morning, um, little ragamuffin sent me the first few pages of the screw tape letters from uh, C.S. Lewis, which I haven't read. It's on my reading list. It's one of the C.S. Lewis ones that I really want to read. And um, I just want to read something to you, Carter. Have you read this book? I haven't. Oh my gosh. Okay. So uh, these are letters from like demons talking to other demons. Now, even as an atheist, I think you're going to appreciate this. Can I just read you yeah, an yeah, excerpt no. since you, okay. So this is one demon writing to another. My dear Wormwood, I note that you say about guiding your patient's reading and taking care that he sees a good deal of his materialist friend, but are you not being a trifle naive? It sounds if you it sounds as if you supposed that argument was the way to keep him out of the enemy's clutches, the enemy being God. Right. That might have been so if he had lived a few centuries earlier. At that time, the humans still knew pretty well when a thing was proved and when it was not, and if it was proved, they really believed it. They still connected thinking with doing and were prepared to alter their way of life as the result of a chain of reasoning. But what with the weekly press and other such weapons, we have largely altered that. Your man has been accustomed ever since he was a boy to have a dozen incompatible philosophies dancing about together inside his head. He doesn't think of doctrines as primarily true or false, but as academic or practical, outworn or contemporary, conventional or ruthless. Jargon, not argument, is your best ally in keeping him from the church. Don't waste time trying to make him think. And it goes on. Basically, it's saying you don't you don't use reason and argument with someone like this because they don't respond to argument and reason. You have to use emotion. Isn't this amazing? It's like from the yeah. perspective of a demon talking to another demon, it's like you have to use emotion and you have to use distraction and you have to use jargon, like pseudo intellectual jargon, which is what they use. I just thought this right. was really 
profound and that there's a lot more in this just the very first letter there's a lot in there that you will that you will love but we should maybe we should read it in book club sometime. Yeah. but um i'm not gonna yeah i um by the way i'm sorry someone's saying my sound is out of sync probably the only way for me to fix that would be to literally reboot everything so you're gonna have to deal with sound being out of sync i apologize um i might be able to like yeah i'll deal with it later um can i i want to say something about uh reason for just a second because uh fundamentally there are really only two options here um humans will disagree like people will disagree with each other they're going to have conflicting interests interests they're going to have disagreements so as long as you got one more than one person on the planet you're going to have a disagreement at some point about something right there's really only two fundamental ways to solve that disagreement one is through logic or reason which which fundamentally is just uh logic is just the art of non-contradictory identification it's just like what is reality do, do, do our concepts match reality does one thing flow for another what's the model like I mean, you're gonna make a reasoned argument right that that's what well, that's all logic is it's the art of non-contradictory identification fundamentally um so you can appeal to reality so reason is an appeal to reality right yes you can try that if you're not going to appeal to reality you can argue that there's other ways, like you could appeal to emotions, appeal to this, appeal to that, but none of those other things are objective, only reality is objective. So if you try and appeal to anything else, the only way to fundamentally settle that argument is force. So you, you have two choices. You use reason or you use violence. Those are the two methods of settling disputes. And in an uncivilized, savage, barbarian society, maybe you each, you know, get a bear claw and get locked in a room together and go at it. I don't know. Uh, but in a civilized society, we've agreed that violence is not a means of solving disputes between people. Um, and so the idea that like we can throw out and reject reason, but there'll be some other peaceful way is false. There is no other peaceful way. It, it's guns or words. Those are your choices. You can, you can, reason with people or you can shoot them those are your methods and uh the end goal of all of that not the end goal but the end the end of all of this craziness on the left of all of this tear down society's thought like reason is the white man's tool and blah 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 the end of all of that is violence that's the end it's violence it's it's a it's a and you're seeing that violence on the streets right you're seeing it now that's what the end is yes so i have you you know about this and maybe most of our audience does but if not this this is what so i went to one of the protests here uh in my small town uh on two days ago and um let's say so on wednesday <laughs> and uh i got into an argument with a woman who had a sign lots of people had these signs and if you guys are familiar with the sjw lexicon like the words that they use we have a sjw bingo game we play um, she was using one of their favorite phrases on her sign, which is silence is violence. And I saw it on several signs. I also, she wasn't the only person I said something to about it. It's just that she was the only one who spoke back with me and had engaged with me. And even though she mostly yelled over me, uh, I preferred that to the people who didn't respond. So anyway, we kind of went back and forth about it. She yelled over me. The news camera was there and then they ended up capturing it and then they asked me to um do an interview 
and I did one. I'm trying to get better at speaking under pressure. And like you said, formulating your thoughts is easier when you're writing. Um, this is good practice for doing for speaking, but like it's different under pressure where there's emotions running high and stuff. So anyway, what I was saying um, to the news camera uh, was, um, and I, it was about was about that sign. Was about what the altercation was about, which is silence is not violence. That is a lie. And it is a dangerous lie because the end result of that lie being accepted as truth is that you are trying to convince people that silence or that speech, they also say words are violent, so they contradict themselves anyway, but um, they don't even mean it. But so, yeah, the, but the end result, this is why that's, I don't care who says it. It is a, it is a bald faced lie. It is a deceitful thing to put on a sign and I will call it out because the end result of that, if you try and convince people of that, is to make the two seem the same. And I've, I've written an essay about this before. SJW, my old ideology, tries to make violence and speech or violence and silence the same as, as um, sorry, silence and speech the same as violence. The reason that they're trying to equate the two is because way down the road, once we've accepted that they're the same and there's no difference then they can try and justify using actual violence against you, actual force against you as self-defense. They have. Yeah, they have. It is, it's a, um, it is a disgusting tactic. And when I see something so disgusting and such a lie on a sign, yes, I will say something about it. And so um, anyway, uh, the fallout of that was that um, my interview was shared in my local uh, group here in Georgetown, Texas, there's a, there's a Facebook group with like 21,000 people. Um, someone shared, two women shared it and um, they preemptively, the moderators of that group preemptively blocked me so I couldn't see the group anymore. I couldn't see the post and I couldn't reply to it. So there they are attacking my character um, and saying things about me that are not true. Um, but you know, they promoted the interview, which I'm proud of. And they, somebody promoted unsafe space, which thank you. Cause I forgot to do so, <laughs> but, uh, I'm like, good. Thank you for plugging it. Yes. But, but can I just finish one thought on this before I leave? So, so they didn't let me reply. So I replied on my personal page. Um, it's the only place I could reply and right. And I reiterated that, um, you know what, why I have such my biggest problem with silence is violence is that you are speaking a lie. And because the end result of that is to justify violence. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to provide a faux in, intellectual um, argument for why Antifa, why the rioters, why the looters, why that's okay. And it is not okay. And that's what you're trying to do. And that's disgusting. Um, so that was my first point. My second point is what you said. They don't even believe it. They know it's a lie. Because what's their number one response to me? Shut up. Don't speak. Be silent. Oh, you mean, you mean be violent? <laughs> no, no, be silent. They, what they really mean, what they really mean by silence is violence is speak our ideology. You must speak our ideology and nothing else or else be silent. That's what they mean. And if they put that on a sign, that would be much more honest. I would still disagree with that but at least it would be honest, but they don't even believe it because their first response and the countless response were shut to tell me to shut up, to tell anyone who disagrees to shut up. They don't believe silence is violence. And in fact, one other quick note, there's the, um, there was a white girl with a sign who I said something to, and she was, 
I, I made this point. I, I tried to make a joke about it. But it's like, oh, but she she was violent. I mean, silent. <laughs> See, they don't even believe it. Um, <laughs> by being silent, I see. Yes. But um, but the, yeah, so they've attempted to uh, uh, try and publicly shame me in my local community here. And um, you can't shame me for the truth. So, um, I, I mean, I don't. Oh, Carter, they can't hear you in chat. Nothing in what you're saying. They, they can't hear you. You're being super violent. Oh, I can hear you and you're going to figure it out. Okay. I can hear him. I, I didn't know you guys couldn't hear him. What he was saying is that, um, he was able to peruse this group that I'm no longer able to see my town group. And he was saying it's what was fascinating was that it's not, it's not labeled, you know, an SJW or social justice group from my town or anything. It's just simply labeled my town name. It's for everyone in the town. It's 21,000 people in there, but it is clearly an SJW group. It's been converged upon. He was reading through a bunch of the posts yesterday that I can no longer see. Um, but, but I was like, yeah, that's, that's actually exactly what's happened in that group. In my town, this ideology is spreading like wildfire. And uh, I mean, there was somebody was in there sharing, they're sharing SJW book lists. It's like, and then, the, and then you see the white people and they're like doing what they do. Thank you for educating me. And thank you for the correction. And, um, you know, thank you, sir. May I have another? Um, they're sharing. It's indoctrination book lists. It, it's all the usual suspects. You guys know what these books are. Robin D'Angelo, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, you know, it's it's it, it's basically this is how it's not how teaching people how to think or giving them new information. It's teaching them what to think. Can you guys hear Carter now? I don't know why that is. Oh, there we go. I just had to hit a button to reset this thing. <laughs> you can hear me now, right? Yay. I'm sorry. That was just my, that was me being, uh, I was protesting in silence. I, this looks like you can hear me now because I'm seeing the movement on the thing. Can we, I, can we talk about a couple super chats quickly, Carrie? Wait a minute. Everybody's saying picture no sound still. Oh, really? He is silently moving. Yeah. Today is Carrie. Oh, wait, now they're saying yes. Yeah, yeah. No, they can hear me. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Okay. Okay. No, now people are saying, just phone it in. No, no, can't hear me. I can't tell. Ninja Kitty, can you You're tell? Back. I'm just going to read one person's. You're Keith good. says, hear you, Person. audio delay is gone. That was my goal. I was trying to get rid of the audio delay. Thank you. I'll, I'll trust Keith. In fact, I will do Keith's super chat. Thank you, Keith, for your super chat. Um, he says, it is civil, it is civil noncompliance to not follow immoral government. The disobedience on the part of the government, Rand uses the, ter the same term, for both, great quote. Yeah, she does. She does. Um, so, but that's not what these people are doing, obviously. Uh, so, all yeah, right, wait, there's and, more um, super chats. Keep going, I'll find some super chats. Sorry about okay. the, the boomer but, tech Yeah, so, so here's something that, um, this is kind of the big picture stuff I was thinking about last night. While you're looking for that, have you guys all seen the video of the huge group of white people getting down on their knees oh. and and reciting reciting sjw speaking points and asking for forgiveness for their original sin excuse me i mean for their white privilege it's um the the preacher of the new church i'm going to told me it's like um is the word liturgy liturgy, liturgy. i didn't know that word 
liturgy. Yeah. He's like, this is liturgy. And so I was reading a little more about that. It's it's the recitation of these foundational beliefs. We've been telling you for a while, my old ideology functioned as a religion for me. It is a cult of belief. It's a cult. And if you if you have any doubt of that, I want you to watch this video. I'd like to pull this up in a second, Carter. Did you see the one, um, by the way, thank you to Diane Kruger. She says, Carrie, thank you for your courage to engage in this fight. Nice thank you. Um, yeah, I'm not afraid of these people like that. They, I, I, there's nothing they can take from me that I fear losing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Did you see the video? I, I don't know if I posted this in our Telegram chat, but there's a, there's a video of a guy. I can't tell if he's trolling, um, like if he doesn't really believe this stuff and just trying to see if he can get away with it. But he walks up to a white woman. I don't know what color the guy. You can't tell because there's a video, but we can assume that he's black based on what he says to the woman. Um. She's a white woman in a mask. I, I, she maybe even looks like she's a health worker. And he calls out to her, and she kind of, like, turns around, and she's like, I'm sorry for scaring you. I'm sorry for scaring you. And then he says, <laughs> he explains to her that I work for Black Lives Matter, and our CEO, which they don't, they don't have a CEO, but our CEO said that uh, I have to go get uh, white people to, like, kneel down. And, like, she, she, like, kneeled down on the ground for him and said she was sorry like he had her go through these steps um to, to think, prove her allegiance um yeah there's been other videos terrence k williams showed one of uh white people kneeling on the ground and kissing the sh the shoes kissing the feet of black people oh um which is very kinky um somebody was right in our one of our previous discussions about how there's an element of kink here can i can i share this video let me try sharing my screen i haven't done this before yeah let me try um, it. I'll, let me see if i can make it all I'll okay it hold all on. um let's watch this because i want to talk about this go ahead okay oh, while you're doing that open. i'm going to pull up a couple super chats cemetery of choice okay. says uh carter's muted Fix your sound. I'm sorry, Cemetery. I'm sorry you had to spend two bucks to tell me that. Uh, <laughs> it's fixed. Um, and Michael says, $1.99, hey, the sound has turned off. Both of you, I'm sorry uh, that you had to spend two bucks to tell us that our sound was off. I was trying to fix the sync issue, and uh, it worked, but not immediately. Um, let's see. What do we got? I think there's another one that I'm missing that Wombat sent, but I can't find it. Uh. Oh, wait, Tax Terra. I think I missed Tax Terra's super chat. Tax Terra says, Stop the violence, Carter. <laughs> Again. Maybe we should just go silent more often and we'll just make a bunch of money on super chats. People telling me they can't hear us. Um, but Wombat okay, gives so a silent I... rant donation. So thank you, Wombat. Uh. Uh, so is it I working, Carrie, um, or do you want me to try I, and do it? No, I, I need you to show it because I have to turn off Skype to give it privacy settings or whatever. I can't. I have to restart Skype. So can you show it? I really want to yes. show this video. I have a lot to say today, and I want to uh, show yeah, this where first. Did you Where did you send it just now? Let's see. I just sent it to you on Skype. Oh, you sent it to me on Skype? Can you send it to me on Signal, yeah. or is Skype the best thing for you? Skype's Skype a pain the best, right now. Okay. Um. Oh, Twee Girl. So Maria. Twee Girl just sent us 20 bucks. Peace to you, Thank you and all your viewers on Safe Space. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Twee Girl. Peace to you. Uh, the non-initiation non of force to you, <laughs> Twee Girl. 
Um, wait, while we're waiting for that, Carrie, I'm going to show another funny video just to put us in a better mood. I don't know why I love this video so much, but I totally love this video. Uh, I think it's the funniest thing ever. And um, I feel like maybe I should apologize for thinking it's the funniest thing ever, but I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> have you seen this? Here we go. Let's make sure sound's on. Sound looks like it's on. I hope it's not too loud. We should watch it again because it's awesome. Ready? I can't. I just love that. I, don't... I can't. That's okay. I can't see it, but. Um... Oh, you can't see it? All right. It just sounds horrible, though, whatever it is. So don't, please don't play it again. <laughs> I, I will not. It, it is horrible. It sounds horrible. Uh, I don't know. It's just great. It might be fake. Like, I think someone might have added the sound, but uh, I can't tell. I can't tell if anyone added the sound. Anyway, Kara, you have a more exciting video you want to <clears throat> send? Are you still trying well, to send it I right now? Yeah, I'm still trying to send it. It's, right. um, it's on James Wood shared it. I'm sorry, guys. Bear with me. Um, that's right. I, I, I'll do another funny thing that's, that has no sound while you're doing that. Okay. Um, the uh, 4chan one, if anyone was not paying attention, have you seen the... Uh, I love it. I don't. I think now people know it was fake, but... Um, where? Let me find the... Let me find some of the fun stuff. So people... I, not a lot of people, but some people fell for this. Uh, there was a go bald for BLM was trending. <laughs> You're supposed to shave your hair, white women, because white hair is offensive. And, uh, you're supposed to shave your hair in solidarity. And, um, here's an example of someone, someone, obviously a good person here. Uh, you can see Maddie. Maddie shaved her hair. Today I showed my solidarity for Black Lives Matter by shaving my head in protest. Um... It turns out, though, you know, Maddie, it turns out that this was a 4chan troll, and it was a successful 4chan troll. Now there's stories all over the internet saying, don't shave your hair, it's a 4chan troll. But uh, 4chan <laughs> really wanted to get go bald for BLM trending, and they did. So 4chan, thank you. <laughs> thank you, 4chan. That's funny. <laughs> so, All right, I think, Harry, I think the thing you sent me is finally... Uh, Okay. So while I pull it up, entertain the troops. So here's, well, I'm I'm not, I don't feel like entertaining people today. Here's, here's what I want to say. Okay. Let me try and, let me try and articulate this. Maria in chat said, is it just her? And I don't have this in front of me, so I'm going to paraphrase. Is it just her or are there more um, reasonable people in your life lately who are suddenly becoming unreasonable? And who are speaking this belief system. That's not exactly what she said. I'm paraphrasing. This is happening everywhere. My inbox on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere is full of messages of people sending me examples of pile-ons. Of, uh, it, 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 my, my old belief system, SJW ideology, has taken this death of George Floyd. And they're exploiting it to push their ideology to push the SJW belief system further than it's ever been gone before. Um, 
there are parents emailing me um, and parents messaging me and telling me whose whose kids are now coming to them. Some some kids as young as 14, some as as old as in their mid 30s. And don't worry, I'm not going to reveal any of your identities here. There's lots of you, by the way. You're, if you've emailed me about that, you're not the only person. Yep. Um, whose children are coming to them now and saying it's time that we have the the difficult quote difficult Talk. conversation about race, and then they are cutting them off in some cases, uh, writing them off as evil and wrong. They are basically the. Um, it's very concerning to me because what I what I think is happening is I view it almost as a form of uh, they are activating they are activating all yeah. of the little SJW activists that they have created. I was going to say this is the litmus the test they've been studying for, but the activation is a better one. Like it's a they've turned they've turned the switch on. They they laid all the groundwork, and now the minions are supposed to behave. This is the time where they their first mission. This is their first mission. This is, it's more than just a first mission. It's like a, uh, it's like a, it's like a come to Jesus moment for them, except that it's not Jesus. It's come to SJW ideology. They are activating and turning on people who have just been casually in agreement with this ideology, who have not been out there preaching it, who have not been proselytizing. They are now telling them all, you must proselytize. You must cut off contact with your your friends and family if they do not fall in line go preach this to them now if you don't you are not a good person and if they don't come on board then cut them out of your life this is what cults do and i'm i'm calling it activation there's actually a funny um there's actually a funny uh reference it made me it makes me think of uh if you guys have seen zoolander where it, you know, like Manchurian candidate, like they have, yeah. they basically, there's, there's a scene, they basically activate these people that they've programmed, right? Um, it, it, that's a funny reference, but, but that is the way I view it. It is an activation. You have, the, this isn't, um, like there've always been the ones who've proselytized and who've been in your face and who've been engaging in the mobs and those people have always been there. But this is a new stage in my ideology being spread. They are activating the people who have passively agreed with most of the belief system and they are telling them that now it's go time you must show your allegiance with this ideology how do you show your allegiance you go confront your friends and family you cut them off if they don't comply that is happening and i've seen it everywhere so yes maria the more the more quote unquote reasonable people in my life who've casually accepted some of these tenets are being pushed to become more radical, are being pushed to now turn into actual zombie-like ideologues. And yeah. it's very concerning to me, but yeah. I have a lot to say about it, but thank you for letting me. I, last night I had it all laid out in my mind. I feel like I've got I've got it out. That's what good, I think Good, good, good. No, I, I think your analogy is spot on. Because I, I, I was thinking about it, but I hadn't, the Manchurian candidate thing is that you, you hit the nail on the head, right? I was like, is it like a litmus test? Is it their... You know, they're they the, the day of the big game. They finally have to go through their thing. But Manchurian candidates a better analogy. It's like they've activated these people, um, and they've been they've been they were programmed for a long time. Um, yes, but now they're being turned on. And now they're being turned on. Yeah, Sylvia, by the way, says she gave us five bucks. Thank you, Sylvia. She says people who I considered smart are posting people harassing others, calling for people to harass because of perceived racism and no masks. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked before about intelligence not really being the issue. This is a psychological issue, less than in, you know, 
not really an IQ issue so much. Um, but yeah, uh, Carrie, I, I think this is going to get, I don't think the reason for the activation timing is George Floyd at all. Obviously it's the election. Um, they no, need, but they're using George Floyd. Of course. They're of using course. him. Yeah. yeah. But they need to find as many uh, reasons to be outraged and force activation as possible between now and November. Um, and yeah. this is their Hail Mary, right? Because they can't have Trump win again. Um, so they've got they've they've got all their Manchurian candidates out there. They gotta turn them all on to, you know, do their thing now and ramp it up. And this is why I think it's a little bit of a silver lining though, because we're seeing they're activated. You don't know a Manchurian candidate until they're activated, right? They're normal. They seem normal. And then suddenly like, oh, now they're they're clearly an assassin. So we get to see that your hometown Facebook page is run by social justice warriors. We get to see all of these different groups that were converged upon. We get to see who's converged upon and who's not. Who is actually a, a Manchurian candidate uh, and and who is who is not. And you know, there's some value in that. Uh, yeah. I think if they actually do isolate everyone, so they don't actually want to isolate people. They want to tell people to isolate and they want to use that as a threat so that you'll convert so that they don't have to isolate you. If yes. they actually just all go isolate themselves, we'll be fine. There's not actually that many of them. Um, yes, but, this, is how they con this is how they're converting. They're using children, even adult, adult children, right? Um, to go, having them go to their family members and threaten cutting them off right you want to talk and, to me again that, mom or see your grandkid yeah. you've got to bow down take yeah. a knee for blm yeah yeah and yeah. um and so all of that being said if you have it pulled up now i'd like to watch this cult video of my old religion sjw ideology of one of the ritualistic religious um or rituals practices that's happening right now and i've seen more than one of these videos but this one's a good one all right. While I'm pulling it up, uh, Kent, thank you for the super chat, Kent. He says, when racism is in short supply, lower the bar. Yes. Okay. Carrie, um, is it uh, is it the top one you want to see or this this one here or both? I can't see your video, so you're frozen up for me. So. Oh, um, okay. It's um, I'll just I'll just do the first one. The first one's short. It's just yelling. It's not all the people. The second one is all of the people with their hands in the air. No, I want to see all of the people with their hands in the air praying. Oh, okay. All right, let me, uh, I'll pull this up. Let's see here. Let's see if I can get the sound going a little bit. And let's go. About racism, anti-blackness, or violence. About racism, anti-blackness, or violence. I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. And do everything in my power to educate my community. I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. About racism, wow. anti-blackness, or violence. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. this is this is a cult. This is religious. What they are doing. As, I mean, this, as an atheist, makes my it looks crawl. like church to me. I can't, if you had said this was a church and I didn't uh, understand the language, I would be like, oh, it looks like an outdoor church service, right? Yeah. It looks exactly like an outdoor church service. They got their hands in the air, look, they're repeating the slogans. Um, and yeah. look how they're all on their knees. 
they are kneeling and bowing or they're or they're sitting down this is is it's like uh submitting yourself to something not to god it is submitting yourself to something yeah, the, your God here is the I, SJW ideology. It's a little God. It's what I call a little God. Anyway. Or a little devil, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I've seen Carrie a lot of... So here's the other silver lining. I've seen a lot of uh, normies. A few, a few reach yeah. out to me and... Because and, they kind of know vaguely that I'm not if they're not paying attention to unsafe space, but they still kind of vaguely know I'm probably not bought in <laughs> to what's going on. And they're like, they're confused. They're like, what's going on? And they get, I had someone send me this video actually. And they were like, they, they just were like, what, what the F, what the F, what, what is going F? on with this country? What am I missing? Like what? Um, and by the way, that person wasn't white, um, but they were just horrified about like what's happening. Uh, and, this is the, you know, I feel like, I feel like for a long time, people say that ideas matter and ideas have consequences and no one believes them. And then the consequences start to come to fruition and everyone's like, where did this come from? It's like, well, it came yeah. from the bad ideas we've been talking about it for decades. It came from the decades. bad ideas and the bad philosophy. That's why, that's why something like a lie being repeated on multiple signs, silence is violence, is so bothersome to me. It's not a small thing. That is a huge thing. Yeah. And and speaking lies, that's what brings down countries. Like that's what brings down civilizations when you when you force people to speak lies, when you force submission. Um I just sent you a picture. Can you also show this? This yeah, is I'm this will be pulling, of interest to my my any of our Christian viewers specifically. Um my friend in LA sent me some stuff last night. She said it looks like a war zone there. She's seen houses with, and, and actually, I've uh, my my fellow saw a house like this in Austin, houses where um, people are painting Black Lives Matter on their windows. It, it's like putting the, you know, putting the mark on your door so that your pa the violence passes you over. Yeah, yeah. You just like yeah, get passed over. Yeah, uh, let's yeah. see here. So, here's the image that you wanted to share. Um, I don't know if you can see it, Carrie, but it is up. Everyone can see it. Do you want me to read it? Do you want to read so, it? Can you read it? Yeah. Sure. It's from Holy Family Church in South Pasadena. Uh, it's a picture of a Catholic priest uh, wearing a COVID mask, uh, holding a sign that says uh, Black Lives Matter. And, and then there's a quote above it that said, The Holy Father is aware of what's happening in this country and is anxious for the church to be responsive in a pastoral way to participate in the response in solidarity with those who have experienced racial discrimination. And the so caption says, after a, taking a knee, border bishop gets a call from the Pope. Yeah, so what's important to me, and I think any other Christian would notice this, th these supposedly men of the faith who are shepherds of the faith are taking a knee to an ideology. They're not taking idol. a knee to God. I think idol is the word you're looking for. Yeah, it's an idol. <laughs> this is this is not of God, in my opinion. Now, any of the atheists watching, you don't have to agree with me. You can hate this part of the show. That's fine. I totally, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people who have the beliefs that I do and people who are, and maybe if you're an atheist like Carter, you're, you're interested in my old ideology moving into the church. 
Well, um, and, and as look, well. It's, a me- it's a metaphor. If nothing else, it's a great metaphor. So pay attention. Yeah, they're taking a knee. I, they want you to kneel. Um, we should show that picture of the little girl that's going around, the little white girl whose mother made her write right a sign. You've got it there? Yeah. I don't. And, I don't. Um, Let me, is it in? Okay. I don't know where that one is. Uh, I'll send it to you. You got it. You, um, got, you have it right, right around. People, I've got it right here. People need to look at this image. Um, there's a there's a couple things happening. I know we briefly talked about it on the podcast with um, with Harlow, but uh, with Mikey. But um, one thing that's happening in this picture is, I would say, child abuse. It's it's emotional and mental child abuse. But I view it as a form of child abuse. What's happening to this little girl? And then the other thing that's happening is. So this little girl is not only being indoctrinated into my old belief system at such a young age, and she's being taught racism by her own mother at such a young age, racism against white people and against black people. Um, She's being taught that. But then to add insult to injury, she's being exploited so that the mother can get virtue pats, virtue points in the social justice cult. She's sharing a picture. She's exploiting her own abuse of her child for kudos. Yeah. It's up now. Um, if you if you can't see it, Carrie. So for those listening, it's a picture of a little white girl with a holding a sign that says "privileged" and it has an arrow pointing up to the girl's face, and then a hashtag Black Lives Matter. And the mother has captioned this saying, "My daughter helping to show our solidarity." Fist. Hashtag take the knee. And she has the little girl kneeling, just like that yes, sorry, uh, priest yeah. we just saw. She's on her knees. She's on her knees. Take the knee. That's exactly, they, they mean it in a different way, but but people always reveal what they really believe. Take the knee. Kiss the ring. Bend down. Yeah. Submit yourself. Subjugate yourself to and, this and, false god. Yeah, and and this is the thing that I, I this is happening. This has been happening on the left like slowly over the course of uh, I don't know at least a decade that I've noticed. Um, they're slowly being more honest about what they what they are. Yeah. Um, and this is just one more step because by the way, this girl is not unique. This girl, there's I guarantee there's ten thousand girls like this in 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 a five ten mile radius from where I am. Uh, it's all over the place. Probably more. Um, most of the kids in the Bay Area uh, go to a school where this is what they're taught. They've got, I showed some literature from a school yesterday, but this is what they're taught when they're, when they're kids. Um, yep. Really young. They're being indoctrinated. This is normal. This is absolutely normal. What's not normal is maybe uh, a particular mom's picture going viral, but doesn't mean it's not happening. It's happening everywhere. This, this, this girl is not everywhere. unique. Yeah. So I guess, uh, and I will, I will get a little more lighthearted. I promise, Carter, in a minute. I just okay. now that I've gotten the bulk of what you I want to get talk the about out. Yeah. And there's a little bit more on my list as well, but um, right. but I think we are in, um, I think we are in, we're definitely in what I would think of as phase two, of trying to make us as a people more comfortable with authoritarianism. Phase one was the past three months of COVID. Phase two is now. Um, rioting as, and then an attempt to justify authoritarianism because of the rioting, the two things playing off of each other. Um, but beyond just, beyond just getting comfortable with authoritarianism, 
I haven't figured out how to articulate this yet, but my old idea, SJW ideology is at the root of this. It is, it is the authoritarian left and it is, um, it has moved into a new phase. I don't know if I call it the activation phase, but they are, they are exploiting the death of this man, George Floyd. Um, and you're right about why it's actually happening the year and, you know, the timing and everything. It's just that that murder was convenient for them at the right time. They were waiting for something. This was it. Yeah. And they, they I, I, I view it as their unmasking of themselves, right? They, their masks come off when they get, uh, they're also kind of, I, I don't know, maybe they're not desperate, but I, I think they're, they're either desperate or they're emboldened because they definitely feel like, uh, you know, the culture has shifted for so long in their direction. I mean, but just, you know, with the authoritarianism thing, Carrie, let's just look at what's happened in in, the, in this year, right? It was, uh, um, and when I say what's happened, let's just look at the messages from the mainstream media and the left. Uh, COVID is not a thing. Go out and celebrate, uh, go out and celebrate Chinese New Year. Stop, Trump is making this up. COVID's not a thing. He shouldn't have shut down the borders from China. What an authoritarian jerk. Then we right. went what to- yeah. Then we went to, oh my God, COVID is a huge crisis and Trump uh, is a bumbling fool and didn't prepare for COVID and uh, he should be more authoritarian. Don't wear your masks. Your masks don't do any good. Only They only work for social workers or for uh, medical workers. Absolutely wear your masks. You have to wear your masks. If you don't wear your mask, you hate everyone and you're trying to kill them. We can't assemble. Uh, we're going to have to do, we have to flatten the curve. Um, because the hospitals are going to be overwhelmed. Oh, we're firing hospital staff because they're not overwhelmed. But but we have to keep it up going. By no means can you go outside. Now we need to have, it's a curfew. We're not going to have a curfew. We're going to have a, a shelter in place. O only essential businesses, which the government is one. Fine. Okay. Now, uh, oh, this thing happens. George Floyd's killed. Suddenly we need to march in the streets next to each other. Uh, COVID disappeared magically. Suddenly we need to march in the streets next to each other. And Trump's an authoritarian for saying that people who are looting and burning buildings should be maybe arrested or clamped down upon in some way because that's an authoritarian position. Um, it's, uh, it's mind-boggling. There's nothing sincere to any of this. I don't know. There's you can't sincere. look at this and say there's any sort of sincerity or consistency. There's nothing sincere. The only consistent thing is... Little more fascism, please. Little more authoritarianism. That's all. The thing, that's all they want. They just want more. They just want more. More big government. More rules. Um, I, there's nothing consistent about this message. Nothing. No. And again, it's not based on reason. Um, you you can't argue with it. You can't point out that it's inconsistent. That it's logically flawed or that it's intellectually inconsistent because they don't engage on those terms. It's like, it's like the conversation we, we got to do a great interview yesterday. I can't wait for you guys to see it with Yasmin Muhammad. I'm just going to plug it now because it's going to be amazing. And I want you guys all yep. tune in when we put it out. Um, Yasmin Muhammad, if you don't know her, uh, she wrote the book unveiled. She talks about leaving Islam. Uh, she, she runs an organization that helps, um, young girls and women, um, who are leaving that ideology. She, um, uh, she, it was amazing. Cause we, one of the things we talked about was the overlap between SJW ideology and Islam and also the places where they differ, very, some very big places, but why they are such bedfellows. It was, it was very interesting. And one of the things she was saying, she had a realization during our conversation 
that she's always assumed the people that she's disagreeing with in this SJW ideology share the same values, that they share individual a sense of individualism, that they share a belief in the importance of free speech, of reason, of argumentation, of debate, of healthy discussion. No, they don't. And that's the block. They do not value individualism and they are actively attacking individualism. Why? Because individualism is the antidote to collectivism. It's right. the antidote to white supremacy, and it's the antidote to SJW ideology. And, th and that naivete is what similar. empowers them. They, they yeah. rely on you assuming that they're coming from a good place. Because the moment you notice they're not coming from a good place, the moment, the moment you realize that they're, just, this is, they're all full of crap and they don't believe any of this and they're just using words as weapons, uh, well, their words don't work anymore because you don't care. Um, by the way, Nicole Schwartz in Super Chat says, if you guys don't know who Michael Rechtenwald is, please check him out. I oh, I do. You do? I do. He used, he was a professor. I don't know if he's still there at uh, a university in New York. I forget which one. And he uh, was involved in one of these uh, SJW pylons. I for, it, just like Evergreen, just like Christakis. Um, you know, it, it's, it, but yes, I would definitely love to talk to him. Another, okay. Yeah, we should put him on our yeah. list. We have a few more super chats. Thank you, Kim Ray. Uh, she says Carter speaks the truth about the insanity. Uh, and Media Vlog Channel says the communists want to remove our historical monuments and replace them with ugly art. Yeah, but there, it's not just bad taste, right? There's a reason why they want to do that because they want to eradicate. Uh, they want to eradicate history, right? Every year is year zero, right? They need to, oh, we've always been at war with Eurasia. No, we've always been at war. Yeah. What, was the two, what were the two, Eurasia yeah. and... Uh, Oceania. Oceania, right? No, we've always been at war with Oceania. Like, they need to eradicate uh, history because history contains um, usually evidence against them often. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's intentional, and it's, uh, it's, it's why the 1619 Project is in existence, all of this stuff is related to even minor things like tearing down statues. It's all related to the same all agenda. Of it. Yeah. It's all the same thing. And these people don't have, somebody said to me about uh, yesterday about a lot of the craziness that's, that's going on. They were like, this reminds me of Maoist China. And I was like, you know what? The thing is you can't say that to them because most of them don't know anything about history. And I'm just now learning. I only got out of the cult a couple years ago. I'm just now learning history, but yeah. they know nothing about history and they wouldn't even know what you mean when you say that. Most of them can't even define what Marxism is, although their ideology is an, a, it's an evolved, I don't mean evolved as in better, I just mean it's evolved, it's, it's changed. It's an evolved form of Marxism, but they, don't, they can't define Marxism. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this last night a little bit. So we talk about collectivism versus individualism a lot and... Um, Look, philosophically, there's lots of versions of collectivism, and I think part of the problem is a lot of people used to think about collectivism as just like tribalism in some sense, like, oh, my tribe and your tribe, and that's collectivism. And that's true, that is a form of collectivism. But um, And Marx tried this form of collectivism where it was like the proletariat against the bourgeois. Like, that was his form yeah. of collectivism. That was his form there, of you collectivism. Know, right? um, and, yeah. you know, the, the left has... The left has just switched, as Kerry said probably a million times on the show, right? The left has switched and like, oh, our form of, this is why people call this cultural Marxism, by the way. Our form of collectivism is races and, um, you know, sexual status or whatever, like mostly race, right? Um, 
and it's just another form of the same of the same evil, which yeah. is collectivism, right? And yes, collectivism is the thing. idea that uh, the that the collective is the primary unit of morality, not the individual. So if we, that Ayn Rand quote I, I read at the beginning, collectivism would believe that right there are rights that arrive just arise just by virtue of the fact that there's a number of people. So one person can't go do X, Y, and Z. But if that one person's multiplied by 10 or 100 or 1,000 or a million or 10 million or 100 million, suddenly it becomes moral for them to take the same action that one person it would be immoral to do. That's collectivism. Collectivism is you are primarily a member of a group, not an individual. And uh, the reason that they keep trying to come at attacking the U.S. from collective, like the reason that they started with not started with, but if you, the old leftists were more about class struggle than they are about racism, and all they want is to attack individualism. They kind of don't care what angle it gets torn down from. They yeah. they really just despise individualism. They hate yes. the idea of individualism. They hate the idea specifically that rights do not come from. Uh, they don't come by vote. They don't come from the state. They're not something that arise because we they all don't vote come on them. From the mob. That they. Yeah. Yeah. They don't come from the mob. Rights are pre-government. They are natural. They arise from your existence as a human qua human. You have these rights morally. The idea that rights pre-date or become a priori to the existence of a state or a group of people is vile to them. They hate that idea. And they hate it because if you want to violate people's rights for power or for whatever, it doesn't matter what your reason is. If you want to violate rights, the idea that they're inviolable, inviolable like that they're inalienable, inalienable, is that idea is toxic. You can't get around that. You can't have right. You can't have a populist that believes that rights are inalienable because then you, you can't, can't violate them. You've got to have a populist that believes rights arise from membership to a group or a vote or some kind of thing. So any way they can attack vote, this yeah. will work. Right. They, they actually their ideology and they hate it when you point this out. But look at the facts. Line it up. Their ideology is very similar to white supremacy. And more than it, it, look, they they tell you that um, that reason is a is a white part of white culture. It's part of whiteness that it's a, a social construct. It's part of whiteness that reason being on time, meritocracy, logic, argumentation, free speech. They Think about how a white supremacist would react to that list you just said. Oh, right. A white supremacist would agree with them on all of that, that that's a <laughs> yes. function of white culture. That's BS. That's a function that those things arose from Western culture. Those are not owned by any race. And they try and say that these th that they try and attack these things and they 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 actually are very racist towards any person who's not white by saying that any person who's not white can't be held to the same standards, can't be expected, uh, you know, to be on time. They say this, they teach this. That's what white supremacists would agree with them. It's racist. They say people of color can't be held to the same academic standards, that they can't right. be, that meritocracy is something that's just for white people, that, um, that reason and logic, that free speech is just for white people. They don't know their history. They don't know they don't know the things that led to the to the progress to where we're at now. Free speech is the way that we ended oppression. It's, it's the way that you end oppression. It still is the way that you end oppression. That's why we speak on behalf of free speech. 
free speech and we, and our principles are universal. They apply to everyone. They're not race specific. Their, their principles, and, and I, I hesitate to call them principles because they don't really have principles. Principles are something that are universal. They have tenets of belief and their tenets of belief are not universal. They're based on race, just like white supremacists. They're yeah. based on sex, just like sexists. They are, their ideology is racist. It is sexist. Not only and, is it racist and sexist, they have a fetish for white, hetero, cis, Christian males. Um, they do. They have a fetish for this. And like, just like the white supremacists do, just like Hitler had a fetish for his Aryan race and he, blah, 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 he wanted them to do his thing, right? Uh, they have a very similar fetish. It's the same fetish. It's just uh, they hate them. <laughs> but like, it's the same obsession. It's the exact same obsession with the exact same people. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't. Somebody said, uh, I'm not a white supremacist, but there are subtle differences in uh, culture and what was the other word they said? In race and culture. Well, yeah, of course there are. Nobody's denying that. Just it's, like Temi said, of course. It's, but yeah. but what, what we're saying is that, and don't get it twisted, what we're saying is that the ability to reason, <laughs> the ability to use logic, to look at the world objectively, to engage Show with up reality. Show to show up on time, to uh, meet, to to hold everyone to the same standard. That's not race specific. And to say that that is any of those things are race specific is racist. Right. And then it's you're a very, saying that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very small. It's a very thin line between if you go in and just accept all of the social justice tenets about um, white people and what they would call people of color, which is anyone who's not white, right? Um, if you accept their beliefs about them. Uh, it's a very small hop over to white supremacy because they share all of the core beliefs. Um, the only thing that has to switch it to, to go from social justice to radical white supremacist is, do you like the white people or not? That's it. If you decide that you're on their side, you're a white supremacist. If you decide that they're, you're against them, you stay in the social justice camp. There's no room in their ideology for saying, I'm not on anyone's side. I believe in universal principles that should be applied to everyone regardless of their race. Uh, that's, that's my stance. There's no room for that in their belief system because their they belief system requires that. accepting racist tenets. Yeah, they, their belief system is racist. It, is, it groups people by race. It groups people by sex, by sexuality. It groups people by all these immutable identity markers, just like white supremacy does just like misogyny does. And then it tells you to treat people and judge people differently on the basis of those things. This is why the first thing they'll do when you disagree with them is go after one of your identity markers, one of the groups, just like a white supremacist would. They write you off the same way a white supremacist would. They attack your race. Or they, if they can't attack your race because you are not white, they'll attack your sex. If they can't attack your sex because you're not a man, they'll attack your sexuality. If you're, if you're not straight, right. they'll go. This is why they hate people. <laughs> like their biggest enemies are the people who check off multiple of the Because they can't attack boxes. them on those fronts. <laughs> they can't attack them on those fronts. <laughs> then they just have to resort to calling them racist names like Uncle Tom or Race Trader. Right. But, but what are those based in? Again, identity. Their biggest attack is your identity, just like with the white supremacists. They're two yeah. sides of the same messed up, effed up coin. The same yeah. racist coin. Yeah. And and this is why I speak out against this. And and I and one of the things they try to do is they try to twist um well, we know they 
they are Orwellian. They use doublespeak. They say things they don't mean, like silence is violent. They say things they don't believe. And they they uh, preemptively try and deflect criticism by, what do they call their ideology? They call it anti-racist. Right. It's not anti-racist. It is absolutely, thoroughly, 100% disgustingly racist, their belief system. But they call it anti-racist, and I believed it was anti-racist for 20 years. They get a grip on people because they're good at branding. They're good at the way that that they name things. What are we going to do? Let's call it the exact opposite of what it is, right? Yeah, I was going to say, they're not even, it's not even creative branding. It's just literal, like, 180 degree shift from reality. It's just, like, false, it's just falsifying. They, They have, they've got a lot of uh, chutzpah, right? They'll, they'll just, they'll falsify anything. They'll lie 100%. Hey, let's have a racist ideology and call it anti-racism. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we, the, another super chat here. I just want to read out while we, while I've got it here, um, from Xiao Chill says, just wanted to support you guys. I walked away from the left two years ago. I think the work you do is important. People be crazy these days. Stay safe. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people are walking away. Uh, from from the left. And uh, I, I think that's why they're freaking out right now. Yeah, I um, I have a silver lining to all of this that I want to talk about a little bit later, though, because I want to bring up some more of part of like the darkness. Okay. Yes. So I sent you a link. It's actually the second link. It's the link to the tweet that if we could show. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm like driving the train on this one. Is that okay, Carter? Oh, I, no, it's fine. Um, okay. What the tweet? Hold on. Um, I just I, last night it just I was thinking it just seemed you know sometimes when you when you kind of get everything kind of clicks tweet? and makes sense. Yes, this is a slate tweet. All right, hold on for a second. Sorry, everyone, we're doing some real time show prep. Yeah, and this is just an example of of what we've been seeing in the mainstream media. And this isn't the first time I've seen them doing it. And when I say mainstream media, I mean legacy media. And I definitely, definitely mean SJW media. The legacy media, the mainstream media has become completely corrupted and converged upon by SJW belief. There's no difference anymore. Here it is. The tweet says, nonviolence is an important tool for protesters, but so is violence. And then they have a link to an article that says, a history of violent protest a nice peaceful protest may not bring about big structural change America needs. Well, that's true. We don't true. have to read that article, but I just wanted to point out there's been a ton of these right. of the legacy media carrying water for violence, for terrorism, for what amounts to domestic terrorism, yep. apologizing for it, making excuses for it. This is why those slogans like silence is violence are so dangerous and deceitful, they use those to justify actual violence, to justify the initiation of force. Yeah, I mean, this is... uh, I would be more infuriated if I wasn't just tired. I gotta be honest. Like, I'm just fucking tired of this. I'm sorry for swearing. I am... I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of every day from every mainstream... Almost every mainstream source for decades has been the slow march towards this. They've been supporting this kind of crap, constantly teaching it to kids, supporting, and like, and here we are, and now it's like, okay, now we're gonna just support outright violence. The New York Times, I know you saw the Tom Cotton article in the New York Times. I I wanna hit that next if you don't mind. (laughs) That's fine, 
but so I'll let you hit it. I'll steer clear of it. But uh, they are. Huh? I don't agree with uh, what Tom Cotton is saying, but what I absolutely. Well, why don't you tell everyone what he's saying before? Because we didn't talk about it yet. Okay. So um, Carter, there's this article. Maybe you can pull it up. That. Tom Cotton was invited yeah, to do, and he's a Republican. Is he a senator or a congressman? He's I'm a not senator, and he's from, I think, Arkansas. I've got his uh, opinion piece already pulled up. Uh, yeah. So it's Tom called Cotton, Send in the Troops. He was invited to do um, an op-ed for the New York Times. And his op-ed is from a conservative point of view or I don't know, maybe there are conservatives who would argue it's not conservative, that it's more authoritarian, right? I don't know. It's you a Tom Cotton point it. of view, whatever. It's a Tom Cotton point of view. <laughs> but his he's basically making an argument, and he's defending his argument with, uh, well, he's defending his opinion with argumentation and examples, and he's backing it up. He's putting forth his case for why we should have a armed federal response to the rioters and to the looters, specifically the rioters and looters. He's not talking about peaceful protesters. Right. By the way, it's not a, it's a, I, I thought it was well done. It's not like, there's nothing crazy about this. There's nothing this, crazy about this. I don't all. agree with it, but there's nothing crazy about it. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not even sure I disagree. I mean, other than my general distaste for authoritarianism and the <laughs> rise of the government generally, if you're going to have a government, uh, and you are going to, um, you're going to try and enforce laws like you can't loot people's stuff and steal and hurt people, and a state just is not bothering to do that. I could see a case being made for like, hey, well, someone's got to do this. Uh, and he cites some examples in the past of when the federal government. Had, now, I, there are a bunch of issues with it. You know, I'm not. I'm not a big. I, I don't. I don't want to do that. But my point isn't that I don't agree with doing it necessarily. It's that he doesn't like his article is pretty good. Like he makes he, he provides reasons for this that aren't they're not. Yeah, it's just another point of view, and and so here's what happened. The New York Times has been so thoroughly infiltrated by SJWs by millennials who hold SJW beliefs. And we've seen this boiling over for a while now, but it reached it reached its head with this because like we said, mild ideology is now being activated everywhere. So it was activated in the New York Times in the past two days. Um, for the first time in its history, journalists, both opinion writers and the news staff, the news staff at the New York Times started writing tweets um, that they're ashamed that they printed this, that they had to print this article in the New York Times, that it harms, that is a lie, that it harms. That's another language manipulation thing they do. Yeah. They, they, they use words like violence and harm in inappropriate ways. Yeah. That it harms people to publish this. Mm -hmm. Um, they, uh, there's a great piece. Uh, do you have the other piece Carter that kind of, there's a, I think it was slate that goes through and talks about the mutiny at the New York Times. But essentially, you have about 500 employees there now who've signed a petition. Uh, they kept pressuring the New York Times to take the piece down. Um, the New York Times at first stood by their decision to publish it and issued a statement basically saying, look, the reason we ask for uh, our guest op-eds uh, to be from a different, more conservative point of view sometimes is because 
our op-ed writers who work here in-house all have the same opinion. They didn't state it that way, but that's what they meant. We all right. have, we want it, we have to get differing views who are guests because we don't have differing views internally. Um, Which, by the way, is the right thing to do, New York Times. Yeah. Like, not that they do much yeah. well, but that's correct. So they didn't take that. The employees who were pissed off, the SJWs at the New York Times who were pissed off, didn't take that well. Um, they wrote a, a letter that f- I think 500 of the, of the employees signed. And so then the last thing I saw is the New York Times has apologized and they're no longer promoting the piece on social media. Um, they are, they have committed, they issued, it's just like with the knitting war pylons, say yep. they were piled on from the inside by their own SJW employees. And what did they do? They capitulated, just like the people that we see who capitulate. They bent the knee, they kissed the ring, they made the apology. And now what's happening? Now there are further demands. I was going to say, so what we can expect is this to get worse because that's yes. what happens when you concede to the mob. Yeah. Uh, just, They've I now just... said, yeah. Go well, ahead. Did you see what they're going to be doing from now on? No. Oh, they said. I know they had uh, internal meetings and it was a big deal, but I don't know what they're going to be doing. Here. They're going to be running pieces by their people of color in New York Times. I did see that. Before they publish yeah. them, they're going to check in with people of color. Yeah. I'm using that in quotes. Yeah. Hey, they're black guy, have... do you agree with this opinion? Because if not, we can't publish it. Because we're yeah. the New York Times. That's what they're going to say. They're, they're also, um, with their opinion pieces, it's basically going to affect. Um, Here it is. Here's part of it. We've examined the piece and the process leading up to its publication. This review made clear that a rushed, so they changed their, they changed their statement. First they stood by publishing. Now they're basically saying, we're sorry we published it. Uh, That a rushed editorial process led to the publication of an op-ed that did not meet our standards. That's funny because earlier, your earlier statement said it did meet your standards. As a result, we're planning to examine both short-term and long-term changes to include expanding our quote, they don't put this in quote, I'm, I am fact checking operation in quote, <laughs> and reducing the number of op-eds that we publish, meaning they're not going to have as many outside voices anymore who don't agree with their religion. Right, of course. This paper is trash. The gray lady is done. Oh, Here I mean, the gray lady has been done. She's it's yeah. been done. But this is the, de- this is the final. We found her with a heroin op-ed. needle in the alley several decades ago. She's gone. But this is the final nail in the coffin. This is the one I hope people see. Everything changes from here on out. You thought it was bad before? This Tom Cotton piece and the hysterical hissy fit that the SJWs at the New York Times threw has now created new policy at the New York Times. You thought it was bad before? We are in a new era. Everything is changing because of this. And this Everything notice that, yeah, this is, this is a tactic um, because ultimately uh, – democracy is inimical to individualism like democracy is not the friend of of personal rights and individualism so what they do is they when they they get a critical mass and they're like well why don't you make it why don't you have to run it by the staff first everything will be by committee well nothing controversial nothing controversial uh, according to the committee will ever come out you'll only get stuff that's been rubber stamped or approved by the committee um and that's all going to be uh one single ideology it's all going to be the committee's ideology um and and this is how this is how the ideology kind of takes on a life of its own this is what you happen you saw happen in the soviet union people aren't, weren't always sure 
who was making the decision and who was in charge, but they knew damn well that the amorphic blob that was the committee would somehow make it go this direction. Like, it's the same thing. That That's how social justice warriors operate. Um, can I just point something out, Carrie? Uh, so here's the Tom Cotton piece. This is a piece by a sitting senator from the state of Arkansas who used well-reasoned arguments to argue that the U.S. military should be uh, invoked uh, under the Insurrection Act, as it has been in the past, to quell violent acts by rioting civilians. This required um, some pearl-clutching, probably some safe space time for some of the people at the New York Times, Definitely lots of outrage and upset and a change in policy at the end. This is also an opinion piece from the New York Times. This is called <laughs> What We the Taliban Want. Uh, this is from the deputy, deputy leader of the Taliban. This was from February of this year, so not too long ago. Um, and on this platform, I uh, if you read, I read his piece, it's um, also tells the West exactly what you, what we want to hear about the Taliban and makes a case uh, against U.S. Uh, and lies about some things. It says, like, we together will find a way to build an Islamic system in which all Afghans have equal rights, <laughs> where the rights of women that are granted by Islam, <laughs> the rights of women that are granted by Islam, from the right to education <laughs> to the right to work, are protected. Now... If you're going to fact check an opinion piece, which we're going to get into in a minute, because New York Times tried to fact check this uh, opinion piece um, by Tom Cotton, this this might deserve a little bit of fact checking. I don't know. What do you think, New York Times? The <laughs> Taliban have a good track record for the rights of women granted by Islam. Did this... the SJWs form a, a hysterical mob of 500 employees and push back <laughs> right. because of this? Where's the mob for from this? The Taliban? Yeah. No. This is not controversial. You know what's controversial? This. That's controversial. This guy's yeah. controversial. But interestingly, but so I want to... Do you have the ahead. other one that they published that Tom Cotton pointed out? I didn't, Headline, just, I didn't see that one, no. Headline, uh, pedophilia. Pedophilia is a... Oh, gosh. Wait, I got to find Oh, my God. Did, did they... Did they uh, did they yeah. go full map and say, like, it's just minor they attracted did. person and it's a fully legitimate thing? Yeah, they let someone yeah. publish an op-ed um, justifying pedophilia. I didn't realize they had done that. Damn. I didn't and, use that example. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Opinion. Pedophilia. A disorder. Not a crime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not a, there's no victim, really. Right? Did the SJWs walk out? Did they uh, did they throw a hissy fit and say I can't believe we pu we published this op-ed? You know, and Carrie, only only the social justice warriors have empathy. They have a monopoly on empathy. So how dare you question their empathy? Uh, yeah. For situations like this, um, you're just you don't you don't have enough empathy to understand. Um, Here, I'll show this to you since that's a good one. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. You see that headline? Pedophilia. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just I mean, a it, disorder. It shouldn't be funny. It's not funny. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. But it's funny that they don't have a problem publishing this op-ed. There's no, there's no meeting. They didn't have to have a meeting about that one. No, 
they didn't have to issue uh, several statements over the course of two days. They didn't have a petition signed by 500 employees. The employees did not revolt, mass revolt on Twitter uh, for publishing it. Um, none of the same. It, that wasn't harmful. They used the word harmful about Tom Cotton's op-ed. <laughs> right. This op-ed justifying pedophilia, they don't think that's harmful in any way. No, that's not harmful. Yeah. Well, Carrie, I'd like to remind them all, silence is violence. Um, so uh, I just want to I, – there's a couple things. So I want to pull up this, this other article because this is part of how they justified this, the New York Times. <clears throat> Not the pedophilia thing, the Tom Cotton thing. Um, they said that this article contained misinformation. Now, um, this, this article is not directly about the Tom Cotton article, but they, they're pointing to some misinformation in it. One of the pieces of misinformation they said was uh, is, is talked about in, in this article generally. So I want to talk about the New York Times is uh, the gray lady is excellent at gaslighting. The gray lady is a gaslighter. And you got to keep this in mind. They, they are phenomenal at this. So let's, I just want to show you what they did. Misinformation about George Floyd protest surges on social media. In the universe of false information, Mr. Floyd remains alive and George Soros is to blame for the protests. So here's what they're about to do. We're not going to walk through the whole article, but it's, it's related to this. Because they, they did then claim that Tom Cotton's article contained false information about Antifa links. Um, Mr. Floyd remains alive. Okay, well, that's, that's clearly crazy. That's a cra that's a out there conspiracy theory. Okay. Um, let's, but they're gonna, they're gonna take that one that's, uh, on the face of it, very crazy. Um, and they're gonna link it up with stuff that actually has some, maybe, evidence for it. And they're gonna throw them all in one bucket so that they can take this, the dirt of this Floyd's Alive claim and smear it all over other claims so they can all be equally dirty. So what they do... Oh is they say, okay, George Floyd's death is fake. We're going to debunk it. Okay, fine. They, they debunked that. We watched it on video. Great. Um, the George Soros conspiracy. The false idea that he's funded the protests spiked on social media the past week, showing how new events can resurrect old conspiracy theories. And they go on about how George Soros has nothing to do with any of this, and we're sure of this. Now, they, don't, they call this debunking. But in order to actually debunk the George Soros funds thing uh, idea, you would have to actually do a little bit more of work, more work, because Soros Soros does fund open society foundations. Open society foundations has funded some Black Lives Matter stuff. Um, there's been other quote debunking. Uh, related to, like, no, he didn't give $33 million to Black Lives Matter. That's the title of this article, but actually what they mean is he didn't give it to these three particular people. Um, there is actually a long... We're not going to go into the, the conspiracies about George Soros, but there is actually an entire network full of organizations with funding sources traced back to Soros that do fund a lot of these radical groups. Some of this money does come, it appears from groups like Open Society Foundations, which is a George Soros. This isn't a conspiracy. George Soros, who we are, George Soros. 
This is a very above board organization. This organization does fund other things. It's not a complete conspiracy theory to say these people have some of this funding is coming from George Soros linked organizations. I'm not going to make the case that this is true in this case, but in order to debunk it, you would have to do a lot more than write a couple paragraphs about how crazy people think this. And this person says, I have no doubt in my mind that Soros is pure evil. That's not, a, that's not debunking this. That's just the New York Times saying it's debunked. Saying it's debunked and debunking it are not the same thing. So then, so this is the medium one. So there's the crazy, George Floyd's death is fake, crazy, medium. Okay, maybe it's not as much of a conspiracy, but, but there might be a link. We should, we should have done actual reporting, but we're not going to. Lie. Unsubstantiated theory that Antifa activists are responsible for the riots has been as big as blah, 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 blah. It's been promoted. There's an Antifa narrative. Dan Bugino says it. There's no assertion. That, that there's no evidence. That's a lie. That is gaslighting. You know how I know that Antifa is involved? Because I have a pair of eyes. Antifa is involved in almost every left, every left-leaning violent demonstration. We see them all over. I have friends who've been personally beat up by Antifa. You can see Antifa. CNN, I mentioned this the other day. CNN went and found one Twitter account that was a fake Antifa Twitter account that was causing like promoting violence. And that account was a fake one. And it was run by a supposedly, allegedly, white supremacists. They didn't bother to look at all the other accounts. Antifa is very good at, first of all, Antifa actually is very yeah. good at being private. They, they, they lock all their stuff. You go to Antifa face groups, Facebook groups, they're all very private. They're very good at locking their stuff out. But they are known, other, other agencies have, have explicitly said Antifa is a, ter a domestic terrorist organization in the past. Antifa is known. We can see Antifa do stuff. We watch their videos. There's hundreds the way, of videos of Antifa doing stuff. But this is this is a little bit new because in the past they haven't denied that Antifa existed. They've actually there's tons of CNN clips. Don Lemon, other people on CNN carrying water for Antifa, justifying their violence, just like that uh, Slate headline we saw earlier, trying to claim that. Uh, do you remember the infamous him saying that some punches are different than others? He right. Said yeah. They're not, he just to be clear, New York they, Times is not they, claiming Antifa doesn't exist. They're saying right, Antifa's not right. behind any of this. Right, but they're, it's tantamount to saying they don't, because right. they're out there in the streets. So you just have to watch the video footage. Who, who do they right. think those people are? And but my point is their strategy is different. In the past, they would defend the violence. There's something about this. They're still defending the violence, but then there's also a section of the ideology, a section of the movement now, who are trying to pretend like Antifa's not doing the violence. That it's right. almost, I don't I don't know why that's happening because that's kind of new. In the past, they've always defended the violence. Oh, because they're trying they've to pin it on said, yeah. white supremacists. Um, Maybe that's what's different, is they're trying to use it to build their narrative of who. Oh, and yeah. look, if you guys are against the violence, then look who's really doing it. No, right. we know who's doing it. Yeah, and and it and what's what's really interesting to me about this particular article because because by the way this was then used to show oh Tom Cotton suggested there was a link between Antifa and these violent protests that's false so we didn't fact check the opinion piece well enough that was their that was their like ooh it didn't meet our standards right um, one thing that's really fascinating to me about this though is they they go from saying George Floyd is 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 still alive which is like. Here's this conspiracy theory that you're supposed to not believe because your own eyes show you that it's a lie. You watched. Right. 
Use your eyes. Use your eyes. To the last one, which is, your own eyes are lying to you. It's not Antifa. <laughs> it's yeah. some other thing. And we've cherry-picked a couple examples of things that the internet's gotten wrong about this. There was like an old Antifa flyer going around that was from 2015, and that's not linked to this, so that's fake news. Like, they they've, they cherry-pick a few mistakes or a few hoaxes that are hoaxes or are, are mistakes, but they ignore the mountain of evidence that... No, Antifa is actually involved. Antifa says they're involved. Uh, you, if you go to like, look, go to Berkeley. Look, here's Berkeley Antifa. Uh, here's Berkeley Antifa's yeah. Twitter. Um, they've got, here, I just, look, I'm not, not even, this isn't even really prepped. Look, here's Berkeley. I had their Twitter up. Here's an example of what they're tweeting. Uh, here's some people beating up cops. It's what they deserve. We got the right to be mad. Oh, look, this is just, they, they tweet this crap all the time. Here's, um, I had this up earlier. Where is this? Here's BAM. By any means necessary, the real power in the streets. I mean, these organizations, BAM has explicitly said, and BAM, by the way, is uh, closely tied with Antifa in the Bay Area. Explicitly, they say explicitly they will use violence. Their name is by any means necessary. You, they're so, literally telling you what they're doing. Can I, can I jump in here for a second? Yeah, Antifa, I, again, again, they're just like white supremacists. Antifa is proud of what they're doing. They are always going to claim credit for it because they're not ashamed of what they're doing. They think it's righteous. Just like white supremacists are not ashamed of being white supremacists. They believe they're right. They they are, they believe that it's their beliefs are justified. They're not going to they're not going to pretend not to be white supremacists. Antifa and and white supremacists are the same. Kind of kind of important in both of those is telling you what they believe. <laughs> And to, I don't know. I, I, mean, I think Antifa for... might tactically like admit, like they might like to blame it on on white supremacists. That would that would Maybe, work but... for them. They're they're but, you know. Yeah, but um, I I want to say something before um, Elva Kara is leaving and leaving chat, and he he said something about in, like uh, in oh, in a huff or just leaving chat. No, 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 no. All right, folks, I'm out. <laughs> I'm gonna spend a couple days in the woods decompressing. I'm a little too angry about what's going on right now. Have a have a nice weekend. Well, I'm Enjoy sorry he's hunt, missing this this part, but for anybody else who's hearing this part, every everyone, if you're looking at what's going on in the world right now, it, it and this is all connected, and it's not just in the U.S. People have pointed this out. This is happening in all Western countries right now. Um, my old belief system, and, and if you don't want to get specific and call it SJW ideology, what call it collectivism, like Carter was saying, collectivism and authoritarianism is on the march. It, it, it has moved into a new phase and we are living in very interesting times to, to put it lightly. Um, and things I think can seem very dark at times, but like in our, our talk with, with Mikey yesterday, Carter was talking about how we're all being played. If you if you can't see that that uh, that the rioters and the people calling for a police state are playing into each other's hands, that authoritarianism is playing us right now, then you're blind. Um, and so things do appear to be uh, things are getting dark, and I think things will get dark. And I I think a lot of us have known for a while that things are going to get very dark. Part of the reason I speak out about my own belief system is because I know it is going to create darkness. It That's what it does. It justifies it because it supposedly has beautiful ends, a utopia at the end, right? But well, in the I mean, meantime, and, what it, And you've got your old belief system, which is inevitably going that direction, as you just said. 
you've got an election year and you've got a massively depressed economy and people out of jobs. Yeah. This is not a good, it's not this a good, a per- uh, it's recipe. a perfect storm, yeah. but here, uh, thank you for the super chat. Yarn hoarder, uh, yarn hoarder says, I just want to show my support for the channel. I am depressed about the state of our country, but praying we can find our way. And, and by the way, we missed another super chat before that one. Uh, yeah, I, we missed find- a few. I, I, I'll, I'll get to them. And in fact, okay. I should say thank you to but, Diane Kruger for, uh, <laughs> she covered me for my swear jar. She gave me money for the oh, swear jar because I, nice. I swore. Uh, and there's a few more, but I'll, I'll find them while you, uh, yeah, so in response talk. to that about being depressed about the state of our country and praying we can find our way, um, I, I, I don't want to alienate anyone who's not of my belief system, my Christianity, but um, maybe you will find this verse comforting, even if you don't, even if you're not a believer. And if not, okay, then it's not comforting to you. Um, but I was reading this yesterday and it really kind of stuck with me. I have a, I hope that you can find a piece about all of this, no matter what your beliefs are, no matter what your beliefs about a deity are or not, you know, but, um, because, because even if, even if you don't believe in a God, I think, I think I know a lot of people who believe in, uh, balance and like for every, action, there's an equal and opposite reaction and who believe in and who understand that, um, in order to have rebirth and growth, you have to have, you have to have, you have to fill the earth, you know, things have to die. Things have to, I'm not justifying any of the awfulness that's happening. Just saying it's a part of, it's a part of life. There's no, there's no goodness without badness. And if there is a silver lining in this, what I th- I think is going to happen, I think is happening is that, like you said, Carter, there are quote unquote normies who are starting to wake up. So on the one hand, you've got all these people who've been subtly indoctrinated into my old belief system who are being activated now and pushed to become more radical ideologues. But then on the other hand, you've got a lot of normies who've just been unaware of what's been going on philosophically and ideologically in this country for so long who are now waking up to it. And, and I think that there's going to be a mass movement, not maybe not the majority, I'm not saying the majority of people, but there's going to be enough people, there's going to be a resistance to this. And I think that resistance comes, I mean, me, I'm a little more hippy dippy than Carter, maybe, but I think it comes from love. And I think it comes from yeah, it's a little hippy dippy. From compassion. It's a little hippy dippy. No, but I think it does. What what is the what is the answer to destruction? Creation. Creation. Sure. Yeah. What's the what's the answer to chaos? Order. It, well, but orders we, orders bad. Like I wouldn't put not order. too much order. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about authoritarian. We are so far over in chaos right now. We need to swing the pendulum back a little bit more, to, more towards the middle, towards order. We don't need to go all the way into authority. That's that's like I I just think we need. Um, I don't think I don't think need, of it in those terms, so I won't argue. Oh, with I, see, the, I see. Like what you I mean. don't I don't. Those aren't values that I value one way or another. Right. Like morally. Well, I guess I'll put it I'll put it this way because you probably will agree with this. <laughs> um, I don't have to agree. It, it's okay. I know, but. Uh, Start families, have babies. Yeah, yeah. especially the people in this <laughs> have chat. Have strong families. The people in this chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I look. My atheist perspective on on this uh, is ultimately look. Uh, you know why reason and logic are important? Because 
they relate to reality. That's what their purpose is to relate to reality. It's to be accurate representations of reality so that you're making decisions based on how reality actually works and what's real. It's to be, it's fidelity to metaphysical reality. That's what, that's what reasonable thinking is. That's what ration, rationality is. It's fidelity to the metaphysical reality that you're in. Now, if you don't do that, Eventually, reality always wins. There's no scenario where you can continue to pretend, for example, like uh, I remember years ago seeing this, seeing this lady on a YouTube channel that was like, I'm a breatharian. I don't believe we need to eat any food. And she like claimed that she could just breathe and she, food was just an addiction. And of course, I eat chocolate cake once in a while just because I'm hung, just because I like the taste, but I don't need to, right? Um, the, the truth is, reality will bite you in the ass at the end. You die if you don't actually adhere to reality eventually. And so when I look at like the long-term scale for humanity, I know that bad ideas will perish in one of two ways. They'll kill us all, or we will evolve out of them. Those are the only two end games for bad ideas, because... That ideas that aren't congruent with reality don't survive over a long period of time. So either we, either they kill us all and therefore the idea is dead, or we, we, we recognize them early and, and weed them out of our population. So yeah. all of this fighting now, we need, to, we need to be seeing that these bad ideas have been festering. I'm happy that people are waking up. In fact, to me, this fight is a lot easier now than it used to be. Um, in fact, it's probably why I'm in it now. Um, because 30 years ago, I was an individualist. I could have gotten up, I was a little bit more libertarian and less uh, you know, voluntarist, but basically I could have gotten up here and said the same things about uh, collectivism versus individualism, how the radical left, the principles behind the radical left are bad. And like, we could have gone through the whole thing. Now, yes, the very radical left hasn't manifest some of those until more recently, especially in the mainstream, but they've been around and the, and the foundations have been around for a long time, but no one cares because they're not, they're not related. No one would have cared. They're not related. It's very difficult to make people care about abstract things because people don't see the results. Well, look around you. You're seeing the results. These are the results. results. So of bad ideas. Of bad yeah. Philosophy. If you don't like the results, question the ideas. Um, I, I have to, I have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> but I, I, I want to read this quote. This is a, I love this quote. I've come back to this a few times in my life when I've gone through something hard. Um, I, I don't know how to pronounce this. Do you know this faith? It's Baha'i, Baha'i, B-A-H-A-I. I could pretend anyway, I know, but I do not. Okay. Um, well, this is one of, this is from that faith, but I, again, I don't, I, if, if something help, it works, like take the truth, take what works, take what helps you and leave behind what doesn't. So I have no problem. I like reading things from lots of different kinds of faith. But anyway, he says, uh, this is Abdul Baha. He says, the more difficulties one sees in the world, the more perfect one becomes, the more you plow and dig the ground, the more fertile it becomes, the more you cut the branches of a tree, the higher and stronger it grows. The more you put the gold in the fire, the purer it becomes. The more you sharpen the steel by grinding, the better it cuts. Therefore, the more sorrows one sees, the more perfect one becomes. That is why in all times, the prophets of God have had tribulations and difficulties to withstand. 
The more often the captain of a ship is in the tempest and difficult sailing, the greater his knowledge becomes. Therefore, I am happy that you have had great tribulations and difficulties. For this, I am very happy that you have had many sorrows. Strange it is that I love you, and still I am happy that you have had sorrows. I'm sorry, that makes me emotional every time I read it. But I love that quote. That's what I was trying to say earlier about all of the darkness, all the tribulations. It doesn't matter if it's something personal or something that's happening in our country or in our world at the moment. There are good things that come from it. And don't miss those opportunities. Like, you, you will be, get stronger. You need to there can be. Things. You need to create those good things and you need to take those opportunities and you need to see tribulations as an opportunity, not right. simply as something you have to get through, but as something that is, is being offered to you that you can learn from or you can grow from or you can become stronger. So I got to Even go to if it's just to ask, <laughs> what went wrong? What were the red flags? So it's, I view it as like, sorry, do you need to pee? Do you need to go to the bathroom? I do. I'll be right I'll, back. I'll talk for a second and I'll okay. do some super chats. Uh, I like I I view this as um an analogy here is a, re a relationship. A lot of people will will uh they'll they'll be in a relationship and something will go wrong, and specifically the kind of thing where like the other person will do something or whatever. And and I see this a lot. Where people are like oh this person turned out to be really bad or whatever. And you, you can like wallow in that, and you can um you can be very depressed about that. Um and, and you know you're going to be a little bit, but. What you can also do is learn from it and say, okay, well, and this is true, by the way, for business relationships, probably even more so. What were the red flags? What were the things that I missed? How can I not make the same mistake again? And if you're, you've got friends in your life, friends in your life who are using this time now to be activated as mentoring candidates, as Carrie would say, and uh, are coming into you, your life and or, or, or are confronting you and saying, you know, you need to take a knee and you need to do these things. You need to fall in line with social justice ideology. Yes, that's sad that you're having that confrontation with your friend. You may lose a friend. In fact, uh, I, this is not me sounding callous. This is, this is actually out of love. I hope you do lose that friend. That friend isn't good for you. They're toxic. They're bad for you. No matter how much it might hurt to get rid of them, you will be better off losing that person. Um, and rethinking what values you admire in people enough to hang out with? Who do you put your kids around? Who do you hang out with in your free time? Who do you support? Who do you spend emotional labor and energy supporting in your life? And what kind of person do you want to support? If you've got friends who are coming to you and confronting you about this kind of stuff right now, you made a mistake in choosing those friends and you may want to reconsider uh, your friend filter because... Um, You'll just learn from it and grow, and you'll have better friends in the future. Uh, you know, Keith in chat just said, I can confirm Carter was saying the same thing about individualism 25 years ago. Uh, yeah, Keith has been a friend on the other side of the coast, so we don't see each other, you know, other side of the country, so we don't see each other very often. But Keith has been a friend for 25 years, and if we're both still alive 25 years from now or 30 years from now... Uh, We'll still be friends because Keith's underlying value, we disagree about a few things, um, but his underlying values are values that I admire. So uh, unless he unless he just decides, to, like, I'm going to go become radical Muslim, which he's not going to do, uh, or like, hey, Carter, you know, if he calls me up and's like, I, I decided, you know, I just read Marx and it turns out he's brilliant. Like, <laughs> fine, but like, 
you know, because I know his values, I know he's not, I know he may change, but he's not going to change in fundamental ways that make me dislike him. And so this is a, this is an opportunity for you. Let's do a few, speaking of uh, Keith, let's do a few super chats. Keith actually gave us a super chat earlier when we were talking about New York Times, he says, there's zero difference between the between fact and opinion to them. Their fact check will ensure opinion and any fact if there meets the preferred opinion. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course, uh, they, they will they will cherry pick the facts that meet their opinion and uh, any facts that are run contrary to their opinion, they will shroud in a cloud of doubt, um, which uh, I was thinking about. I know I talked about doing a logic class and I think I still am. I, I don't know I'm going to do induction is is way harder than deduction so but this is like an inductive this they use induction they exploit some uh, some uh, some uh vagaries in proper induction quite a lot so maybe i should do the work to figure out how to even talk about that but hey carter um, yeah uh i need to interrupt i i actually i have a hard out today because i have to go to another town um so i have to leave you guys but I'm sorry to leave you. That's right. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just do a couple super chats and then we'll okay. end it and, and we'll, I'll talk about thank it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you so much. And, uh, and, and yeah, we'll see you soon. Right. Bye <laughs> Carrie. Thanks. Space.com. Okay. Thank you, Carter. Bye later. Okay. So, uh, Lydia, thank you, Lydia for the super chat. Lydia says, thanks to you, James, James Lindsay and, uh, David Ike. I don't know David Ike. Uh, and the theory of a course in miracles, I have a decent understanding of the crazy happening right now while the rest of the world is waking up and going WTF. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, Lydia. Um, really appreciate it. I should check out uh, David Ike. I don't know him. Maybe other people do in chat, but um, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. And and uh, it, it's a lot of craziness. I mean, it's I don't I don't I don't I understand why a lot of people are like, what the hell's going on right now? Because um, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense if you haven't been following some of this. Um, it's kind of like the Manchurian candidate thing that, that Carrie was talking about when your friend suddenly like picks up a gun and becomes an assassin, it seems random unless you know, they've been programmed. Um, I think Carrie read yarn hoarders chat earlier, uh, super chat earlier. So, uh, I will just put it up on the screen and I think I'm missing another super chat somewhere. Hold on. Uh, here's one. Daniel Keen, Daniel says, uh, thank you, Daniel. Daniel says, you can ignore reality, but you cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. <laughs> yes, uh, that's a great quote that I've heard before, but I, I, don't, I can't place it. So I don't remember who said it, but as far as I'm concerned, Daniel Keen just said it. Um, Ninja Kitty, uh, Ninja Kitty says, thank you, Ninja Kitty. And also, by the way, Ninja Kitty's your moderator, so be nice. Uh, Ninja Kitty says, uh, donation for serious fire the last couple days. Uh, thank you. I'm, I, uh, I think we're, we've got some passion going on, which is good. Um, sometimes it's, sometimes it's depressing. I get depressed about this crap sometimes. Uh, especially because it's, I'm, this is not an attempt to sound arrogant, but I'm sure people will take it that way. Uh, this, I mean, and, and Keith, I'm sure Keith feels the same way, right? A lot of individualist-minded people who pay attention to philosophy and culture have been looking at this for quite some time, going like, this is a train wreck waiting to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen, and I don't want to be there, but uh, maybe we can steer the train. And some people tried to steer the train a lot more than I did, but, uh, you know, here here we are, train wreck. Um, oh, that's an Ayn Rand quote. No wonder I like it, Daniel Keene. Thank you. <laughs> it sounds like an Ayn Rand quote, but I didn't want to guess. 
it's it's a it's very randy and uh that quote but it's a it's a great it's a great quote um i could i should leave i should before we before we wrap up by the way i'm i'm reading chat now so uh if there's any other things you guys want to talk about um we can do that but in the meantime i want to try and pull up because i want to leave on a fun note and kent for truck sometimes sends me cool things and he did send me uh I'm gonna thank the person who did this. I think it's pretty funny. This is a this is a way to oh Sugar Waters, Sugar Waters just sent ten bucks. Thank you, Sugar Waters. Um, appreciate it. Appreciate your support. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna share this and then I'm gonna answer Maria Tuscan's question in a minute. Um, but this guy wins. This guy wins the uh, wins the award here. He's next level evil, as the person poster says. <clears throat> some conservative, I don't even know if this is real, but it should be. So some conservative Portland practical joker dressed up in Portland chic, uh, black helmet, black face mask with red anarchist logo, black jacket, <clears throat> and black skinny jeans with black boots, brought a backpack full of Keep America Great bumper stickers and waited for rioters to arrive on the outskirts of the hot zones stuck Trump stickers over the rioters Bernie and Antifa stickers, and left the rest up to Charles Darwin. Rioters returned to smashed cars with bats and clubs, tires flat, and the stickers whacked with the same clubs. Uh, that's one of those judo moves of, <laughs> like, you didn't really do much violence. I guess technically you put a sticker, but if it's like an easily peel-off sticker, it's not really that, it's not really that bad to, to put over someone's car. They can peel it off. Uh, so it's, a, it's a, like a minor thing you did that then <laughs> causes their own ideology to self-implode. Uh, so I like that. Maria Tuscan. <laughs> so we've been... Maria and I are... She's, she's sharing land. <laughs> she's sharing land with me about where we should all move. Uh, she's, she's like on Zillow. You can send more, Maria. You've sent some. She uh, she says, so are we all moving to Wyoming to start an unsafe space colony? So I was talking to Maria about this. This is tough. So we're, we're I'm I'm actually thinking about um I'm actually thinking about uh, where to move. I'm I'm stuck in California for personal reasons right now, but I, uh, eventually those reasons will subside. And um, I don't know. I've been kind of using this time to figure out where where to go. And uh, I had a friend who moved to Colorado about 13 years ago, and maybe longer. And he he now says, "Well, I got to leave Colorado. <laughs> like, I now got to move." And now he's looking at Wyoming. Um, I think there are a lot of people who want to leave their socialist state, like California, and um, and move somewhere where there's a little bit more freedom, but they don't want to do like. They don't want to bite the bullet and go all the way because there's like all the way states. I would say Wyoming is one of the all the way states. Like it's a great freaking state for freedom, but you're in Wyoming, right? There's not, it's very rural. There's not a lot there. There's, you know, not everyone will like the weather. Like it's a, it's a, the trade-off is, is difficult for a lot of people to make. And what I'm seeing with the freedom-minded people generally, and my friends and examples, like people who have, um, and he's not in chat today, I don't think, but, uh, People who have like, they have fallbacks. They like they fall back from this place to that place, and then they go to that place, and then they go to that place. Like I have another friend who like now is in Montana, but I think Montana is going to be a stopover eventually for probably 
you know, a, a more hardcore state like Wyoming. And what I'm trying to imagine is, do I just bite the bullet and go, like, I don't like moving, and I don't like having to rebuild a life and, a, and, a, and uh, people around me and a community. So do I just, like, bite the bullet and, f and get, I don't know if it's Wyoming, but just go to one of the states that's, like, a, one, of the, one of the fallback, fallback, end of the country states that's, like, it's not going to get any better uh, politically. Um, and just deal with the fact that there's other unpleasantries there? Or do I, uh, you know, take a detour in Colorado, for example, <laughs> or someplace like that where it's not as bad? Uh, you can still fight the fight, but probably you're going to lose, um, and it's being overrun by crazy lefties. I don't know the answer. Um, but, uh, yeah. Kelly Day. Thank you, Kelly. It's been a while. I thought we were going to have you back on the show, Kelly, but I don't, I don't know where you went. Um, a belated laptop and camera fund donation. Use it to replenish the fund or buy a couple of coffees. Oh, maybe she meant coffees. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Keep up the good work, she says. Uh, appreciate it. Carrie did get a new computer, as she mentioned. So um, uh, let's see. Southern Minnesota. Uh, Maria says Montana's pretty liberal, but they seem to be going more conservative this year. Yeah, it's hard to tell, right? Um and, and I'm nervous about being in more populated states, especially on the East Coast, because there's, even if they're okay, they're surrounded by uh, East Coast liberals, and they're just going to move there and ruin it. Um, so, you know, I mean, honestly, one of the great things would be there are parts of states, like there's parts of Northern California that could break off. Uh, there's been like this state of Jefferson movement <laughs> in Northern California for a while. I think they're a little bit more libertarian-minded there. Like, that would be interesting. Um, but... Uh, I don't know that that's going to happen anytime soon. So, and, and we did mention, I do have a book called how to start your own country. Uh, I think predominantly requires more capital than I have. I we need several more zeros, uh, <laughs> in our bank accounts to do that. But you know, if there happens to be, if Jeff Bezos is secretly about to convert to being an individualist and he's listening in chat and would like to buy an Island for, 500, 600 billion dollars, uh, I will take the donation and we can go start unsafe space, uh, the unsafe space island. I don't know. All right. What else do we guys, I think that might be it. I'm looking at chat. Uh, don't <laughs> Ninja Kitty says, don't, don't come to California. We have news. California is not a state to go to if you're trying to look for liberty, get Elon Musk to pay for it. Elon is not, uh, he has his ideologically good moments, but he's not, uh, he, I don't think he's bought in. I do have, I do have connections to him, so I could get to him, I guess, but, uh, I don't, I wouldn't know what to say to him and I don't think I would convince him. So, um, but maybe, you know, as things get worse, what we may see is, uh, one good thing about the bifurcation is, you have fewer people sitting in the, like, one, and this is actually a good thing about the left pushing people to, to be activated and be more radical. It will cause, it'll cause people to choose a side. And if we, if we're lucky and do our job, we will make it easier for people to come to our side uh, and not go to the other side. So this could be an opportunity for a lot of normies to get uh, red-pilled or black-pilled or however you want to describe it, but uh, a lot of normies to realize, like, wait a minute, I'm not on board with this this radical social justice agenda. Uh, I can't. I'm not, I'm not going to take a knee 
and they, they're going to look for somewhere else to go. They're going to look for some other explanation for explaining what's going on with things. They're going to look for some set of principles that is actually consistent and people who stand up for, for actual principles because the left doesn't stand up for any principles. They just, uh, they're all about power. Um, Sugar Waters asks in, so thank you again, Sugar Waters, for the super chat. Sugar Waters uh, asks, do places go um, more conservative or only liberal? He, that was my reaction when Maria said that, uh, I think it was Maria said it's liberal, but it's moving more conservative in Montana. I don't know. Uh, I've never seen any place in my lifetime become more conservative. So, I mean, other than like a family, <laughs> but I've never seen like any community even uh, become more conservative. Uh, so, but I guess that could theoretically happen if people start moving around and shifting around a lot. I mean, that would be the intent. If we were all going to move somewhere, uh, we would want to move it more towards individualism. And I wouldn't call it conservatism, but uh, I would, you know, we would move it more towards individualism if we all if we all got up and moved to Wyoming, assuming that there was ten times or twenty, you know, hundred times as, as many of us as there are. Uh, we would shift the politics. We'd shift the climate there. But I don't know how often that actually happens. Um, I've never seen it, but maybe. Maybe there is. All right. Um, Kim Ray says, let's talk about, about how to do that next week. We need to speak up. How to do what? Maybe convince people or bring probably bring them over. Um, <laughs> also says, only more conservatives in the Middle East. Yeah, not my kind of conservative, though. Uh, Beverly Clark says, don't places start out more individualist and then just turn more authoritarian? Yeah, that's been my experience in the... In the the way that they seem to go more authoritarian is they they go the leftist route. the the right The route where you go to the right authoritarianism seems to be less common, um, and that seems to happen in like if you look at um, Nazi Germany, for example, um, you had a you had some really really stressed economic times. You had the Weimar Republic. You had um, a very sudden shift in the culture. So you had what the the right wingers, the Nazis, were calling like uh, like an, an immoral kind of you know cesspool of of you know sexual corruption and stuff. You, you had you know you had Berlin was like the uh, I don't know I don't know what a good analogy is like <laughs> Vegas on steroids or whatever. It was like it was the the place to go get whatever you wanted um, and and it was very uh, I'm gonna use this in quotes but base morally right that that was that that was their argument and they they and, and part of the impetus for change was like these were these people were like we have to clean up we have to clean up berlin it's it's too lewd and uh, lascivious um but this was also in the middle of a, a massive massive inflation right you had uh, the weimar republic had astronomical inflation massive depression and so people turned to authoritarianism because they felt like i think they felt like uh it was just uh too chaotic, too poor. Things were getting out of control, and they they were kind of willing to accept any answer, even if it was a bad answer, and any kind of leadership, even if it was evil leadership, to try and clean things up. Um, I don't see that happen a lot. I, I see more things kind of go the the 
leftist route, like the Venezuela route, <laughs> where it's like they just kind of destroy their economy, they destroy their culture, they they keep voting more and more leftism, more and more leftism, and their answer, they never seem, people never seem to learn their lesson, like their answer is like, oh, now we need to just vote in socialism explicitly, like, oh, socialism caused the problem, we didn't have enough of it, like, it's very, very rare where you have individualism, like an actual movement of individualists who want, like, individual rights and freedom, I mean, I, I, there's not a lot of examples of that, so... Uh, I think Beverly Clark is right. Yeah, in in chat, who she says like it, it goes the other way. Usually, I think it does. It goes from individualism to freedom and or to uh, socialism, and that's what we've seen. And uh, of course, the U.S. Uh, that's been our path. So, um, I could be wrong. Maybe there's a state that will go the other way, but certainly, I think we need to be going the other way. We need to go back to individual rights, back to a small government that protects individual rights, and uh, and only that. Um, oh, you know what I wanted? One other thing I wanted to mention. Sorry, I know it's long, but uh, and just some thoughts. I've seen a lot of like defund the police stuff. In fact, I saw an article this morning that said LA was going to reduce the police force. And I actually conceptually, I'm on board with reducing the police force. But you got to there's something got to do with that. You got to reduce the number of laws that people are subject to. I mean, we're literally in a country where it's illegal to give someone a haircut without a license in almost every jurisdiction. <laughs> like, that's pathetic. That's pathetic. You know, you know how you know how pathetic your country is when you can't cut someone's hair without a license from a bureaucrat? I mean, that's just it's just sad. It's it's I I don't have a better word. It's just pathetic. Um <laughs> by the way, Keith and super Keith gives a super chat. Thank you, Keith. He says the last time a US state moved uh, more towards individualism was 1788. Yeah. Um, so, but like, you know, we're in this, we're in this, this world where we've got a lot of laws and we have so many laws that if you have laws for everything, like if, if everything's illegal, um, it's basically the same as lawlessness. So, and let me explain why. Uh, first of all, you can't police everything being illegal, but the, the big, the big fear with authoritarianism is that it's whims, one of the big fears is when you have a police state, it's a whimsical, um, it's it's whimsical arrest and detention and and murder of people, right? That the police just do what they want, right? They they the jackbooted thugs come in, they do what they want. Uh, there's no rule of law, right? They just uh, you know, rule by brute force, sanctioned by the state. That's that's what a police state is. But um, when you have so many laws that at any given moment, any member of the citizenry is breaking some law, which is where we are now, by the way. Uh, I think the, uh, the average person breaks like, and makes like, I think was it three to six felonies a day or something. If, you, if you're breaking that many laws, you don't even know because there's so many laws. Um, if, you've, if you're in a culture where everyone's a criminal, then um, what happens is the police force gets to selectively enforce those laws which means they always have an excuse to arrest anyone for any reason at any time. And the only way to stop that and still have a state is to reduce the number of laws to the point where actually you're not violating laws by doing by cutting hair and doing other stuff. Like they can't go arrest you because you're not doing anything that's illegal. Um, you got to get to that point. Then you can start defunding the police right now. I mean, Right now, uh, in lots of parts of California, especially Northern California, police aren't even enforcing, like, uh, theft. Like, they don't even have the resources to enforce laws that they should be enforcing, like property crimes. 
They don't even prosecute property crimes, I think, under a thousand bucks or whatever it is. So, uh, you know, you you got to give, you got to have a an object, a small objective set of laws. If you're going to have laws, you're going to have a state. It needs to be a small objective set of laws uh, preventing people from initiating the use of force against others, and that's it. And with those clear objective laws, then you fund the police force uh, sufficiently to enforce them. Um, you don't have volumes and volumes and volumes and libraries full of laws that no one could possibly understand, comprehend, or even, even no one person's even read all of the laws that they're subject to. Uh, and so they don't even know. They, you don't even know. And, uh, someone wants to go after you. Someone wants to arrest you. You're breaking some law. Uh, that is not rule of law. That's rule by men. Uh, so by default. So um, that's what I had to say about that. Uh, Daniel Keene gives a super chat. Thank you, Daniel. He says, without police, we will have lynch mobs as the default means to, to disperse justice. Lynch mobs are right as often as they are wrong. Yeah, right? So, uh, and especially um, you've got, if you look at a lot, how a lot of cities choose to enforce laws, they're like, you know, they're spending their time trying to stop people from, you know, selling drugs, but they don't care uh, about real property crime or they're out, you know, arresting prostitutes or whatever. Like, you know, you might not like drugs and prostitutes, but they're victimless crimes in the sense that, you know, there's assuming that they're adults involved, they're two, uh, <laughs> two consenting adults engaging in a transaction. It might be a self-destructive transaction in some cases, but, you know, it's a transaction. It's not your business. Um, so they're busy doing that kind of crap. Uh, in, in the UK, they're, they're busy showing up at people's houses, knocking on their doors saying, did you tweet this? That's hate speech. You know, cops are busy doing that kind of crap. They can't enforce laws that, uh, are actually the ones that we really want, uh, as a, as a civilized society. So, uh, all right. Um, Melissa Thompson says, yeah, y'all have never done a podcast on drug laws. I don't think we have. Uh... I don't think we have done a podcast on drug laws. Beverly Clark asks, my thoughts on drug laws? I am opposed to all drug laws. Uh, I don't... Why is it your business? Who puts what in their body? I don't... Where does that come from? Where do you get a right to tell someone to not ingest something? Uh, and and the arguments I hear about it are like, well, drugs cause this and that and that. Well, yeah, all that other stuff's already illegal. Like, you can't get behind the wheel of a car on alcohol and kill someone and get away with it. So... You, like heroin's not different. <laughs> um, you know, I do think if you're going to have, I've thought about like uh, accidental death with respect to intoxication. And uh, I do think that it, you'd be reasonable to consider some rules uh, where if you knowingly ingest mind altering substances, then um, intent is assumed for whatever act you've committed, which steps it up legally. So, like, if I get smashed and get into a car and go kill someone, it automatically goes to, it escalates, like, oh, I had intent to kill them. Um, because it was gross negligence. Because, I, because I, do, I took something that I knew would alter my state of mind and then did something that was knowingly dangerous. Like, that, that, that kind of gross negligence shows a level of intent that uh, I think is different than if I'm driving down the road and a bee stings me and I slap it and I'm not paying attention and hit someone by mistake. Like, that's an accident. Uh, but, um, you know, taking a, a drug or alcohol and, and stepping behind and doing something that I know is going to impair my judgment and then uh, doing something risky, uh, you know, I could see a, an argument being made for that. But drug laws in general, uh, 
no, why would you, I, I don't, what's the argument for drug laws? And by the way, they haven't worked. You know, what the war on drugs has brought you is, you know, we talked about the jackbooted thugs and the cops with the armored vehicles and the no-knock warrants. You can't like drug laws or you can't, sorry, yeah, you can't dislike that stuff and like drug laws. Like drug, the war on drugs has enabled all of that. That's it's what it's enabled. Um, you know, and by the way, it fuels criminal activity because when drugs are illegal, only criminals sell drugs. And then you get like, you, you've got organized crime, which does other things that are horrible. Um so, yeah, I mean, wouldn't you rather have people who, if someone's going to take, I don't know, someone's going to take heroin, wouldn't you rather them go to the pharmacy and, like, have the little thing about, here's heroin, here's the, here's how much you're supposed to take, here are the rules, here's a little thing to take if you think you've overdosed, this will counteract the effects, or be sure not to operate heavy vehicles, blah, 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 like, isn't that better? I mean, they're going to do it anyway. Uh, And then you could talk about it very openly and be like, hey, these are the bad things about it. And by the way, maybe if you're a health insurance company, I'm not against a health insurance company saying like, well, we're going to require drug tests in order to insure you for certain things. And I'm not against employers requiring it. Uh, If you're going to drive my forklift, I want to make sure you're not on something like that's okay. That's a, again, that's a voluntary agreement that you make with someone else. So um, I think a lot of this stuff is the whole boogeyman of drugs is overblown and it's created an entire culture where, uh, you know, um, it's enabled a, a police state. So, um, <clears throat> Cemetery of Choice says, uh, go to campaign rallies and ask candidates, what laws will you repeal if elected? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's when silence is violence, Cemetery of Choice. They will have no answer to that. It will be utter silence. Um, yeah, and, you know, Douglas Graham points out if drugs were legal, most gangs would disappear. Yeah, and frankly, you know, alcohol is pretty horrible. Alcohol is a bad drug. Uh, and that seems to be legal. Um, and uh, no one seems to be proposing we get rid of alcohol. It's not, you know, the problem isn't drugs. The problem is our psychology. The problem is our culture. Uh You take drugs to escape from reality. Uh, And I mean chronically. You take drugs chronically because you're so upset. It's so painful to live in reality that you need to to alter it constantly. And right now, people are altering that. You know, people who aren't doing illegal drugs are altering that with alcohol. They're altering that with uh, sugar, frankly. They're like, they're eating. They're going into food comas and eating themselves into oblivion constantly. they're altering that state of mind with, uh, you know, any sort of addictive behavior. Um, you know, that's the problem. And this is why culture comes before uh, politics, because, you know, right, the culture needs to be there so people don't want to take the drugs so that you don't need the drug laws, which I still don't think you need. But like, you know, and this is why philosophy comes before culture, because you need to fix people's, you know, you arm people with false philosophic assumptions uh, and life becomes pretty miserable because the reality doesn't work the way that the false assumptions tell you it works. So, um, you know, that's a pretty depressing situation to be in. All right. I have, I have gone up, I've gone off uh, enough. I'm going to, I'm going to call it a day. Uh, And let's see, I'm looking through chat. Yeah, there's, I don't think I missed any super chats. So, um, yeah, I'm going to call it a day. Thank you all for watching. Please uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And uh, 
you can head over to unsafespace.com if you want and, I don't know, buy merch, whatever. I still need to do merch stuff. I need to update the store. I, there's a lot I got going on. But uh, thank you all for watching. Really, really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. And, uh, you know, try, try and not uh, try not to get looted over the weekend. So take care.